Welcome to Mom and Up. With your co-host, developmental psychologist, Dr. Marty Erickson, and Dr. Aaron Erickson, maternal child health specialist and nurse practitioner. Here's my grandma, Marty. And here's Aaron, my mom and mom. Welcome to Mom Enough. I'm Marty Erickson, here with my daughter, Erin. And today's episode of Mom Enough is a really special one, especially for me, um, because we are hosting a guest from Tanzania in East Africa. And he is a person who has recently become just a dear friend of mine and a very respected colleague. I recently returned from Tanzania after working with this gentleman uh, for several months from a distance and finally meeting him in person in late August. And um, I've just been kind of overflowing with emotion uh, ever since uh, coming back from Tanzania and uh, during my entire time there. We are joined today by Nova or Novatus Mirandu, who is executive director of an NGO in the Kilimanjaro region of Tanzania. The organization is called Toa Nafasi. But Nova has a very interesting personal story that really um, has a lot to do with the career path he's chosen. He was tragically, sadly, sexually abused multiple times by three neighbors from the age of six. As a survivor of child abuse, Nova speaks about his childhood experience publicly in hopes of raising awareness about abuse and violence against children, especially children with disabilities, addressing the silence, stigma, and shame in his community. Nova leads an impact-driven nonprofit organization, as I mentioned, called Toa Nafasi, and he's on a professional mission to build the assets of young adults to create safe and inclusive environments for children in school and out of school. Additionally, Nova is an alumnus of the Mandela Washington Fellowship, which is a flagship program of the U.S. government's Young African Leaders Initiative, which supports young leaders across the entire continent of Africa. So in that capacity, Nova um, was referred to me as someone who's done a lot of research on child abuse and neglect, and we'll tell you a little more about that um, as we go along with this conversation, but that led to uh, the wonderful good fortune for me to go to Tanzania in person to work with with Nova and with his other colleagues. And uh, we'll be sharing that with you and talking also about some of our future hopes and dreams for continuing to build on our work together. Welcome, Noah, Nova. I'm just uh, kind of overwhelmed with emotion to see you here today. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Marty. And thank you, Erin, for having me on the show. Well, it's wonderful to have you, Nova. Welcome. My mom has been talking about you since you two first met last March. And so it's so wonderful to have you here today and to be able to see your face and meet you face to face here uh, through this amazing technology that allows us to connect in this way. Can you tell us what led you to develop and implement this particular project of empowering teachers by teaching them about child rights and child abuse prevention? Okay. Uh, Marty and Erin, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be uh, on this show and discuss this uh, 
uh, important topic. Yes, so uh, uh, this project started with uh, uh, me connecting with uh, Marty uh, earlier in March, and uh, we started discussing on how we can implement the project on uh, child rights and child, pre uh, and child uh, abuse prevention. So uh, I understand that children have needs and rights, and it's our responsibility as adults to uh, ensure that the needs of the children are met and, the, and that children enjoy their rights. For instance, uh, an important right of, of children, which is uh, protection from violence. And I think and I believe that institutions uh, such as schools have a moral and a legal responsibility to protect children. And certainly teachers who work in those institutions uh, also have a moral and legal responsibility to uh, protect children. They, uh, what they do is they feed children, they teach children, and they care for children all day. And in our, uh, uh, in our schools, they stay with children for uh, all day, for five days a week. And, uh, and I think they have, uh, with their responsibility and staying with uh, children for long hours, they, uh, uh, in, ensure, in ensuring that children are being protected, they also need to learn how they can uh, protect these children. So abuse is uh, everywhere in our community. Uh, children, uh, boys, children experience uh, uh, child sexual violence at the rate of one in seven and girls at the rate of one in three. So teachers learning these uh, uh, rights and, 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 and child protection is important, especially that they are able to uh, gain useful uh, knowledge and skills to protect children. Uh, on the one hand, the knowledge helps them to teach children uh, uh, boundaries and that it is not a, a child's fault. But they are also able to teach children uh, important skills, uh, skills such as, uh, uh, such as reporting, which is very important uh, in child protection. So this is... Uh, these are the major reasons why uh, we thought and, uh, and drafted this pro uh, proposal and sent it to uh, Mandela Washington Fellowship. And uh, we are fortunate that we got the opportunity to uh, implement the project in our community and uh, support teachers with this important uh, knowledge and skills to protect children in, in our community. I want to just add uh, a bit about um, why we targeted women, and this issue has come up in uh, some conversations I've had. It's kind of unusual, I think, in this country to um, even be permitted to focus on one particular gender, but uh, the sad reality is that many um, male teachers have actually been perpetrators of child abuse. And there, there's been kind of a, a you know, a turning away uh, of people to not even look at that. And yet most of the teachers in Tanzania, and I would say in, in this country as well, in the early grades are women. And women really are in a powerful place if we if everybody lets them be powerful, um, to stand up, to be upstanders um, 
for the children in their care, not only in the schools, but in other um, parts of the community, in their faith communities, in their neighborhoods, in recreational programs. And so um, I know when NOVA first conceptualized this project that we did together, um, it was really about empowering these women teachers. And part of that context, I think, is that um, women in Tanzania, I think it's fair to say, have not enjoyed quite as much progress around gender uh, as women in the United States. And we still have a long way to go here as well. Um, but um, I think that that was a real important key to this project. And we ended up having 75 participants, um, most of them teachers um, from schools in the Kilimanjaro region of Tanzania. And uh, it was really exciting to see how those 75 people were able to really dig deeply into what they can do in their schools and beyond to support the human rights of children, which are articulated in the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, an international treaty that has really transformed the world's understanding of children's rights and also, uh, as a key element of that, prevent abuse um, and neglect of children, knowing from a lot of research, including some of my own, the consequences of abuse and neglect, particularly when it happens very early in life. Yes. So uh, part of my work is uh, working with uh, uh, women who are local in the area. Uh, whom we have placed in uh, public primary schools to support uh, uh, children uh, in two areas, uh, in, in the safety and well-being, and then in, uh, in, ensure that, that in ensuring that uh, children with learning disabilities in the schools are able to are identify and, and are able to learn like, like their peers. So it is two areas, uh, safe and, and, and inclusive. So, uh, uh, we, we have learned from this program that uh, teachers, especially public school teachers, do not have the uh, knowledge and skills uh, to support children, especially in the area of uh, abuse and, and, and violence. And I understand that uh, the area of rights and, and, and protection of, of children goes hand in hand. So learning from our program, we thought it very important to work with uh, female teachers, as you said correctly, that most of uh, L-grade teachers are female teachers. So we, we thought it important to work with uh, female public primary school teachers who are government teachers to ensure that they are able to ensure that uh, their schools are safe and inclusive for children. Hmm. Really important point. I appreciate your adding that, Nova. You know, um, when you and I were getting acquainted from a distance, we, we were introduced over email, and initially I thought I was just going to exchange a few messages with you and, and uh, you know, maybe give you some resources or some thoughts from my decades of working on child abuse prevention. And then, of course, we, we hit it off um, right from the beginning, I think, and just found so many things that drew us together in terms of both our professional lives and our personal experience, especially our childhood experience. But one of the things we talked about when we first were 
emailing before we even knew we were going to uh, pursue this project in person was um, your own experience of abuse when you were a young child. And I referred to that when in introducing you. Um, and during our time in Tanzania together a couple of weeks ago, one of the most powerful experiences I had, and there were many, was when you took me to your child home, now abandoned, and you showed me the neighborhood, pointed out the houses where your abusers lived, very close to your family's house, and where you had these really horrific experiences as a little boy. And, you know, I don't think I could even fully express to you what that meant to me that you took me there and to see where you lived and, you know, imagine you as this darling little six-year-old boy, I'm sure, um, who was being violated in such ways. And the thing I was really struck with is how you've been able to go public with that, because there are lots of things that make that difficult, I think, particularly for a man. Um, and I just wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your childhood experience, but especially about how you found the courage to go public with that, uh, especially given how uncommon it is to speak out about such things. And those are, you know, that's one of the reasons that the, the embarrassment, the shame, the stigma, um, all, all of that, that stops children from reporting when things happen to them. And, uh, you know, not that we should expect children to take responsibility for that, but we need to help them learn from an early age where they can turn and how they can help to protect themselves, even though the adults are primarily responsible. But how did you find that courage to go public? And what can you tell our listeners about that, about that experience and how you've turned it into really a life mission, a professional mission? Thank you, Martin, Erin, for providing me this platform to continue to share my story of abuser as a child. Uh, so yes, my story started as uh, when I was six years old. Uh, I was abused by three neighbors. And uh, well, you visited uh, my neighborhood and you saw that these were, uh, were people from far away. They were people who uh, my parents knew, uh, my parents trusted, and uh, they, some of the people were, were, were young children that I played with. Uh, so uh, I am sharing my, my story in hopes that uh, uh, this does not continue again, uh, that no other child has to experience what they experienced as a child. Uh, so I, I want to go into a little bit detail of what happened. So uh, as a six years old, I grew up in a neighborhood where there were lots of people around. Uh, there was a, a garage nearby, uh, shops, and uh, many uh, working class people living around. So as a child, I played in the neighborhood with other children and I would go into uh, a neighbor's house and play and, and play with their children and so on. So the first abuse started when uh, I was about the age of six and uh, one of the neighbors called me inside and I thought it was uh, just a game. He, he tried to give me something and he lured me into uh, doing what he, uh, he did to me. I had 
no understanding of what he was doing to me and uh, I did not tell my parents so it went on to the second neighbor and I remember vividly that uh, uh, he told me he would give me glitters so I now remember it was uh, time after Christmas and then this third neighbor who was an older child it happened when we were uh, at a nearby river and we were swimming the, of course there are no swimming swimming pools around so we go we went into a nearby river uh, to to swim so he uh, uh, used his power as an older child to uh, lie to me that it was a game and 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 he did he did it and then when i was 14 one of the neighbors i met one of the neighbors who had abused me and uh, he asked me to go into his place uh, i did not go to his place but i thought in my mind that uh, he thought i had become what he had done to me as a six-year-old so that is uh, my story as a child and uh, and i did not tell my parents i did not go into a police station and report uh, I did not go and tell my teacher. I had no knowledge uh, of what to do uh, or who to turn to. So I uh, put it at the back of my mind and just uh, and forget it. So a few years ago, I found the courage to uh, start uh, talking about my experience because uh, uh, this experience also, uh, a similar thing was also happening uh, within the family. So I said, uh, enough is enough. I have to uh, address this. And I started uh, talking publicly uh, about it. Uh, I started talking uh, about it with people around me. So there were students uh, that I was supporting. And these were other students. Uh, and they had contacted me to support them in the uh, uh, in their studies and yeah so I started talking talking to them about my experience and uh, later I started speaking about the experience on social media and I founded an organization to address the same and it it is it is a bit difficult and I have met uh, challenges speaking about my experience as a child uh, especially an experience of uh, sexual abuse as a child. It, it is considered a taboo to talk about uh, sex in public here, I think, uh, uh, in many parts of the world. So I just said, if I don't do it, um, this will go on and uh, more children will continue to experience what I had, had experienced as a child. And uh, so founding an organization to uh, to do this work it gave me a lot of courage knowing that uh, i would work with people who had uh, knowledge and and, and and professional experience and uh, again speak professionally not in the sense that i would sense sensation uh, try to uh, sensational sensationalize the uh, uh, the matter, but to uh, try to uh, speak about the experience in a way that uh, people will understand and start taking action. Uh, 
Yeah. So as I shared earlier, now the work is um, we are working in schools and we have curriculums and I am so very thankful for the support I had from Marty and to receive the child, uh, uh, child rights curriculum and the training. And these are, uh, are resources that we need to support children in, in our schools and in our communities and as well to support adults they are teachers uh, to learn about these things so that uh, a child like me uh, at age of six uh, or older wouldn't have to go through the experience that I went through as a child. Well, Nova, I just so admire your courage and coming forward with your story. And I'm sure that you are inspiring others to do the same. And uh, by sharing your story, you're creating a space for this dialogue to happen. And I, I just really am inspired by your courage to do that. And you mentioned some of the work that you're hoping uh, will really change things for other children in the future. And you mentioned the teachers, and I'm wondering if you could share the central concepts or key lessons you wanted the teachers to learn and apply in their classrooms and communities and how you think those are the same or, or different in Tanzania and in the United States. Uh, thank you very much, Erin. Uh, so in our teachers' uh, training, there are many things that uh, Marty and I thought uh, the teachers could learn and they, uh, these things, these concepts and lessons could help them uh, support children under their care, children that they teach, uh, children that they uh, work with and live with uh, for, uh, and they live with. So uh, one of these concepts is uh, the concept of child uh, uh, child needs and child rights and uh, and I think one of the best examples to describe the, the uh, for instance child needs was one that was given by Marty so we 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 asked teachers to uh, take out their phones and uh, and surf through their phones to find a picture of uh, a child or a child that they care or uh, they care about and they did most of the teachers had smartphones and uh, so we also asked them to uh, think about what needs do they think these children have and uh, they mentioned lots of needs but we also asked them to uh, go back a little bit to think about their childhood themselves and they saw that uh, their needs were no different than the needs of their children and the children that they uh, teach and care about in schools. Uh, so, but also they learned uh, concepts such as rights and uh, how uh, needs are different from rights. And it was important that they learned these needs uh, and these rights uh, because uh, children, despite the fact that children have these needs and children have these rights, uh, most of the times uh, we as adults 
tend to ignore these needs, tend to ignore these rights. And this escalates to uh, uh, things like abuse and violence and neglect. Uh, other other concept that they uh, really learned, and I, I, I think it is important that, that they learn those concepts, uh, that concept is uh, the concept of respect of, uh, of child rights and the concept of best interest of, uh, of the child. And other concepts such as uh, their own practices, uh, respecting and promoting children's rights. And I think uh, these uh, concepts are universal. Children needs, children's rights are universal. And they are no different here in Tanzania or uh, and, and, and different in the US. They are the same. So teachers, teachers learning these concepts and these uh, lessons, they help them better attend to the needs of the children. They help them better uh, help children, support children, enjoy their rights. But most importantly, uh, learning these concepts and lessons, they help children better protect children. So, Nova, I'm curious, uh, based on some of the data that you collected from the 75% uh, participants in this training, um, what have you learned about how they experience this training and how they intend to use this in their work, especially in the context of this topic being very taboo? How did they respond to that and, and how did the training impact them? Thank you very much. Uh, again, thank you very much for uh, the question, Erin. Uh, yes, so we have learned a lot from the teachers and uh, it is indeed I have learned that the teachers gathered lots of knowledge and skills during the, uh, the training, but they also uh, gained use, uh, useful practices uh, from, them, from themselves. One of the things that I uh, can share here today with you is that uh, one of the facilitators was uh, a, a tutor, was a fellow teacher. Uh, so uh, they were able, all of the teachers were able to learn from a fellow teacher uh, the best practices of, practices of how they can uh, they can protect children. Uh, these, these uh, fellow tutor uh, is empowered with the so-called uh, protective behavior, uh, protective behaviors curriculum, and he was able to share uh, uh, different different things from the curriculum uh, that the teachers can use in their own uh, in their own schools and in their own classrooms, but. Uh, another thing that I have learned uh, that uh, the teachers have experienced from the uh, from the training is how uh, uh, they can better advocate for children's rights. Uh, so one exercise in the uh, uh, in the training was that uh, teachers had to play. Uh, some of the participants had to play teachers, others had to play village leaders and others had to play uh, their parents. And from that exercise, uh, one of the participants from the uh, village, uh, uh, from the, the village le le leaders was able to, uh, 
express how be, being an advocate of children right is and i am uh, so grateful that uh, all of the teachers were so impressed uh, by the village leaders the, the person who played uh, the village leaders the village leader but also uh, another thing that i think and i believe and i have seen that the teachers experience from the training is that uh, uh, they were able to uh, walk away with resources that they can use in their in their own classrooms and i can share this from uh, from a practical session we had in in the second day of the training the teachers had to go to uh, to two schools they were divided into two groups and they had to go uh, into two schools and to observe uh, uh, how children enjoyed their rights how uh, children were respecting each other's rights or how teachers respected uh, and ensure that the classroom was a place where uh, children's rights were uh, uh, were seen, were manifested. And this was uh, an important exercise for the teachers uh, uh, to reflect on, to go back to their own classroom and, 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 and practice what they had uh, experienced at that, at that session. Nova, um, beyond the training that we developed and implemented earlier this month, uh, you also are making a strong effort to engage people from all parts of your community in speaking out for child rights and standing up against child abuse. I wonder if you could just quickly, uh, as we wrap up here, tell us about some of the things that will involve. I know you have a number of uh, things cooking in, in the coming weeks and months in your neck of the woods, as we say, um, but also you and I already are talking about ways to expand what we just did with the teachers uh, and a few other uh, community leaders who participated as well um, to other audiences, such as people in the judicial system and parents themselves who play a very important role from early on. Uh, tell us about a few of those things. Uh, thank you very much, Marty. Yeah, so I have, uh, as an organization, we have lots of things going on to ensure that uh, we create safe and inclusive uh, schools in our community. One of those things is um, we have uh, organized a program where we're climbing uh, a campaign. We have organized a campaign where we're climbing uh, Mount Kilimanjaro later uh, in November. And uh, our objective, our goal is that we raise awareness and, and, and funds to support the uh, safe and inclusive uh, schools program. But secondly, I. I personally have media appearances. Uh, I think I must share here. Uh, I have shared my story publicly, most especially on social media and with international uh, uh, broadcasters, uh, such as the BBC. But I have not uh, shared my story uh, in the local media, uh, in the local uh, mainstream media. So I have had uh, appointment with the local uh, radio in my community and with the national uh, television. And later uh, in October, I am scheduled to uh, do the media appearances and share my story publicly in my community. But 
thirdly, I, uh, Marty and I are discussing uh, to continue the, uh, the project. Now we are looking into empowering not only uh, teachers, which we have already done, we are also looking into empowering key stakeholders in our community. And these are uh, parents and caregivers. Uh, these are village leaders. Uh, these are local authority leaders working in the education and community development, and as well as uh, law enforcement. Uh, our goal is that uh, we want to ensure that every stakeholder, every key stakeholder has, has the knowledge and has the, the skills to protect children in their place. You know, this whole concept of child rights, I think, um, is still quite new, even though it's been around for a while and, and uh, every nation in the world, with the exception of the United States, and I won't even go into the details for that, um, has signed and ratified this international treaty. Um, but it's one thing to ratify it, and it's another thing to really make it a living, breathing way of life and of honoring children. And we so often across many different cultures and parts of the world have viewed children and often women too as property rather than as thriving autonomous human beings who are born with rights, whether we um, enshrine those in law or not. We, we need to. I mean, that's what's different between a need and a right is that a right means that really is something that you don't have to do anything to earn. You are born and you have a right. And four of the key principles in that United Nations Treaty and four particular rights um, are things like a child has a right to be heard, to have a voice in things that matter to that child. And yet we so often treat children as if they don't have a voice. We have a voice. We have the authority. But even with very young children, letting them be heard, allowing them to speak out and seek help when they need it and stand up for themselves and for each other is really crucial. The right to life is most basic, and many children have deprived, been deprived of that right for all kinds of reasons having to do with our allowing children to live in dire poverty and to starve to death when we have uh, an abundance of food if we just are willing to look around and, and uh, you know, and figure out how to, how to get that to the people who need it the right to not be discriminated against. And so NOVA's work, um, the, in addition to you know, protecting all children from violence and exploitation um, and giving all children a voice, a big part of his work is to make sure that all children have access to an education because that is a right as well. And unfortunately, in Tanzania and many other places, children with disabilities have far too often been denied the right to an education. So what Toa Nafasi, the organization NOVA directs, is doing is making sure that these young children 
with disabilities, some of them very mild disabilities, are able to get a proper education. And I loved going to the two schools that the teachers, our participants visited, uh, and, you know, being surrounded with these beautiful children who were, uh, you know, I mean, again, it was a very emotional experience to see those children and to know that many of those children, if it weren't for what Toa Nafasi is doing, um, would not be in school. They would not be getting an education. And these kids were so competent and impressive, you know, it telling us and singing to us and marching around the room saying important things. Um, it, it was really just a beautiful thing to see. So I think, you know, this work on the rights of a child um, is a very important foundation to then looking at something that has been so shameful and so under-discussed, which is the abuse of children, and particularly sexual abuse of children. So um, uh, this is just hugely important work. And, you know, if, if people want to know more about it, we'll link to uh, the Toa Nafasi organization. And, um, they, you know, they can use every penny they can get if you have an opportunity to make small donations. We're not usually in the business of soliciting donations here, but, um, but this is something that really has become uh, sort of em embraced within Mom Enough. And it's something that isn't only about Tanzania, but it has a lot to tell us for what we do here in the United States around child abuse and neglect and the powerful role that teachers can play in the lives of children. One thing I did in our, in our training together, Nova and I both talked about our own experiences. Um, he's already talked about his very dramatic story, but I experienced some abuse in my child as, childhood as well. And the um, a person who really made a difference for me during that time and I told this to the teachers who were participants with us, um, was a teacher, my fifth grade teacher. And at a time when my life at home was really difficult, and most people didn't know it because I was good at acting like nothing was wrong, um, but this one teacher, without even knowing it, just did everything right to help me through um, a good, healthy period of early adolescent development. Um, her name was Louise Silver, and I, I told the teachers about her um, as a way of inspiring them uh, to recognize that they are touching children right now, and they don't know everything about those children's stories. But teachers, when they're armed with knowledge about child rights and about child protection, and when they have a chance to generate practical things they can do in their classrooms and then put that into practice with support from each other, um, they can just change the world for many children, but certainly for that one child in their classroom uh, who they don't even know what that child's life is fully about. But when they're doing the right thing, that will make a difference. Thank you, Mom. I so appreciate that, um, really, imp those important closing thoughts and just how important this issue is everywhere in the world. Um, and the more we can raise awareness in Tanzania and here, the more we can spread that important information and really destigmatize these stories for people who are living with, with this in their, in their past and carrying that with them. Um, 
mom and Nova, I, I, I guess I want to just quickly close on this point. You both know a lot about the long-term impact of child abuse and neglect. What is one more thing you would like to say to our listeners about this issue that touches so many children around the world? Well, I just want people to know that abuse and neglect, which has been shown to have as dramatic long-term consequences as more overt abuse, um, really can happen anywhere. And we often think about that as something that a stranger would do to a child. But the reality, both in our country, the United States, and in Tanzania, and I think every other part of the world, is that abuse most often is perpetrated by people close to the child. Family members being at the top of the list, um, certainly people working in youth programs or, you know, having easy access to children and some power over those children. Um, and so this is not something we can look away from because it, it touches millions of children and, um, and is done by people close by. So we really have to take this on as a community issue and try to address the issues that lead adults to do such things to children and empower both children and adults in, our, in the community to really stand up for this and telling the stories as Nova has done about his own experience, even when there is stigma shame, embarrassment, um, you know, that's the reality in the world. But people like Nova standing up and telling his story and not shrinking in the corner and keeping it to himself, that's going to change the world. That's going to change the lives of millions of children. So I'm just grateful to Nova for what he's doing. And I'm so honored to have become his friend, his Auntie Marty, as he and his family call me. I love that. And, um, and I just really encourage anyone who cares about children to be reflective about what you can do, whether it's funding organized programs that are doing good work, or whether it's becoming a mentor to a child, or just changing the way you deal with children in your own family, in your own faith community, in your own neighborhood. So um, that's more than a few words, but there you go. <laughs> Nova, thoughts from you? One thing for me is uh, child, child abuse is preventable. And uh, I cannot stress this enough. Children have needs and children have rights. And uh, one of these rights is uh, protection from violence. And it children cannot uh, protect themselves from, from violence. It is our responsibility as adults to support them, uh, to support their protection, to support their needs, to support their rights. So if we do the right thing, uh, children will be protected. Uh, and doing the right thing is uh, speaking out doing the right thing is uh, ensuring that the children needs are met, children enjoy their rights. Doing the right thing is uh, doing anything in your place, in your capacity to ensure that uh, children grow up uh, safely and children thrive. 
Well, thank you so much, Nova. Again, it's just wonderful to meet you. And I'm so glad that you and my mom uh, are working together and, uh, and really um, both sharing your own stories and uh, supporting others in navigating this very preventable thing, as you said. Um, so thank you so much for your time and for all that you are doing to make this world a safer space for children. Uh, thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to this episode of Mom Enough. I'm Erin, here with my mom, Marty, and we'll be back next week. Content copyrighted by Marty and Erin Erickson. All rights reserved. Visit momenough.com for an archive of all Mom Enough shows and many free downloadable resources on child development, parenting, and maternal health and well-being. Do you think I'll have a show called Kid Enough someday?